Summer Weekend Night One. Bridge Youth, how you feeling tonight? Yo, so stoked that you chose to join us. Typically right here, this is where I would welcome everyone who's brand new. We do want to welcome you. I would usually say, hey, whether you're in the room or watching online, but tonight we are not streaming online. If you're not in the room, you don't get to take part in tonight. And so tonight's going to be special. You, uh, what, what happens the night one summer weekend stays at night one summer weekend. That's not true. Actually, it's going to be the exact opposite. But tonight's going to be amazing. I can't wait to bring up our speaker in just a few moments and a few minutes, but before we do, I, I, I want to just uh, say a few things. First and foremost, um, I want to just shout out all of our incoming junior hires. We have a handful of junior hires joining us for the first time, so on the count of three, oh, wait, 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 that's not enough, because uh, Bridge Youth, we love our junior hires, so on the count of three, can we welcome in our sixth grade brothers and sisters? One, two, three, Yeah! Yo, we love you. Thanks for coming and hanging out, you guys. Hey, really quick, can you guys do me a favor? Can you thank our good, good friend Elias for coming out tonight? It's amazing. So much fun. Yo, he will be back out tomorrow night, so do not miss it. In fact, there's somebody who's not here tonight with you, and you know that they need to be here, so hit them up. Tell them to be here tomorrow. Um, real quick, did you guys see my Lamborghini outside? I just want to let you guys uh, see the car that I drive around. Um, now, we had a handful of guys who came over hanging out. They said, hey, we want to put on a free car show for you. They did not ask to be paid or anything, so a lot of you guys, you saw their YouTubes, you saw their uh, Instagrams, followed them. Them, um, all of that. We are so appreciative of them coming and helping bless um, bless our event. And so, really quick, I want to say a huge shout out to our entire team. We have the best youth team in the whole world. You guys are absolutely amazing. We appreciate you. This wouldn't happen without you. Come on, let's say thank you to our amazing youth leaders. The last thing I'll say is this: um, tonight, somebody say tonight and tomorrow. Someone shout tomorrow. Tonight and tomorrow is for the youth. It's for you. It's for young people. But Sunday, come, somebody say Sunday. Somebody say, say Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. This Sunday is for the whole family. So this Sunday, um, what I want to see is all of us invite our entire families to church. We're taking over our Sunday morning services. Really, we're going to champion our second service, our 1130. So we're going to meet it here at 11 o'clock. We'll give away that scooter that I've been riding around for the past three days. Um, <laughs> I've ridden it so much that like I, we can't even promote that we're giving away a new scooter anymore. It's a gently used scooter, gently used by Corey. Um, and I'm going to cry when I have to say goodbye to that thing because that means I'm going to have to walk all 25 feet to the bathroom from my office now um, and I won't be able to just cruise around the church singing highway to the danger zone. I respect everyone who just said danger zone right there. Um, but we'll give out the scooter, we'll play a few games, hang out in here at 11 and then we'll head into service at 1130. We're going to go down front for worship. I'm going to be preaching. It's going to be a great morning. But one of the biggest things we want is you, somebody look at your neighbor say you. You. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Say you. We want you to bring your whole family. We have people in our church right now. They call the Bridge Church home because on a summer weekend, a youth conference weekend, they brought their family to church on Sunday, they got saved, and they made the Bridge Church their home. So between tomorrow, um, today, uh, Friday, Saturday night, I want you to be praying and looking for an opportunity to invite your family to church on Sunday, and we're going to believe that God's going to work. Amen?
Hey, so we've been in this series, and this is the conclusion of this series. Oh, there it is. Have heart. If you don't catch your merch, how much merch? Crew necks are gone. Amber, crew necks been gone. Uh, T-shirts. Do we know how many shirts we have left? Like 12? 40? Let's go with 25. Merch team, do we have a guest? There's no... Okay, so we're running out of shirts. If you haven't got your summer weekend shirt, go grab it. Um, go pick it up. And um, we wanted to print merch around um, not so much this event as much as this series, Have Heart. We've been in this series since the beginning of May, and we talked about a handful of things, um, and, and God's been working. We're, we're gathering a hundred packs for needy people in our city, the homeless, that we're going to give out all the way through the month of June and July all the way through summer, and so many of you took part in that. If you have your pack, go ahead and drop it at the back counter after service. You can bring it tomorrow. You can bring it Sunday. Drop it at the back counter. But I just believe that um, that God has not called us as believers to live lives of complacency. There's so many people, so many young people especially, who are living lives that can pretty much be summed up as, eh, well, hmm, I don't know. Look at your neighbor go, uh. Like, and we have not been called to live like that as believers, amen? We've been called to live like this. Love the Lord your God with all. Somebody say all. With all your heart. To go all in and all out. That's the only way as a person of faith that we're called to live. See, we, a big statement, a big catchphrase of this series has been, we do not do anything half-heartedly. Somebody say amen. And so tonight, we brought maybe one of the only preachers I know who's louder than I am to come and to preach and to help get across um, this finale, this conclusion of having a heart. And so tonight, I want you to get your notepads ready. I want you to get your, if you don't have a, a, a journal or a diary, something to write on, then open your phone, grab the notes app, get ready to write some stuff down. I think that tonight you're going to be encouraged. I think tonight you're going to be inspired. I think tonight you're going to be challenged. Somebody say amen. I think that tonight that God's going to speak to you as long as your heart is open and ready to hear from him. Now, here's one thing that I know about my boy that I'm about to bring up. He is a responsive preacher. You will get the best out of him if he gets the best out of you. So you can say amen. You can say that's good. You can say let's go. You can say preach it, white boy. Any and all of them will get him fired up and get him going. Are you ready to hear from God tonight? Come on, are you ready to dig into God's Word tonight? Do me a favor, stand to your feet, put your hands together for the one, the only, Pastor Elliot Bland. What's up? There you go. Imagine coming up here with your mic off. How embarrassing. Um, what's up, Bridge Youth? How's it going? It's good to be back. It's been a couple weeks, like uh, less than a month, right? I like that. Um, 
As Corey said, my name is Elliot Bland. I was a youth pastor for seven years in Orange County, California. Now I get to work with churches all across Southern California, kind of doing exactly what, what Corey talked about, just helping students and local churches realize that God's calling us to more, right? That, that we got to stop just settling for surviving and that God wants us to step into something greater. And so I'm excited to be with you guys tonight. This is genuinely one of my favorite places to be in the world. It doesn't feel like being a guest. It doesn't feel like, uh, you know, like, oh, I don't know people. This is like home. Uh, and so I love you guys. I love your team. I do love your youth pastors so much, Corey and Amber. Dude, I told Corey when, when that was happening, I was like, that's the smartest thing this church has ever done is uh, get Amber on the team officially. But I, I, seriously, I know I say this a lot. I have a lot of stuff that I want to say tonight, but I do just, I have to always take this opportunity to let you know how blessed you are to have this leadership. Corey and Amber are, are not only just some of the greatest youth pastors that I know, but just some of the best people. Uh, yeah, and the whole team, man, like everybody here, so great. I love that Elias is back here with me again. Summer weekend, that second song, we were talking about that. I was with Kai, the, the line says something about Cruella DeVille. Bro, he, this man has bars. It doesn't just like have a good feel to it. I was telling him, like genuinely, you know, you listen to some like Christian rap and you do it because it's like, obligatory like as a christian you're like i feel like it's the right thing to do but for real like elias's stuff is not corny it's it's legitimate music uh and and i can't wait for him to release some of this and so uh i can't wait for you guys to get some more of elias are you guys excited for that all right listen um here's the deal i know that this summer weekend is different in that uh it's like, not summer, technically, right? Like, a lot of you guys are about to end school. Summer weekend is what? Usually in June, Corey? Uh, yeah? And so some things got switched around. But here's the deal. And I feel this really strongly about tonight. Just as we were worshiping and praying, and I was kind of just looking around the room, um, tonight is significant. And I know it's like, man, you said that when you were here a couple weeks ago. Like, But truly, truly, I really believe tonight is going to be significant for some people in this place. Um, and, and honestly, I can't wait for the rest of summer weekend. I can't wait for tomorrow, Saturday service. Honestly, here's what I'll say. I think everybody who's here tonight is here for a reason, and there's more people that need to be here tomorrow. Because tomorrow's speaker, he's here in the room with us. His name is Matt Dudley, and I'm telling you, for real, I love him. I could, I could hype him up, gas him up, but I'm just telling you, the words that he speaks will have a profound impact on your life. He's one of those people that you're glad are on your team. Do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes as Christians, I think we get a bad rap and people think that like, uh, you know, like look at who you align yourself with or look at the other people that, that are with you and you look around and you're like, yeah, I kind of get what they're talking about. Like some of these people, I'm like, man, I, I wish you weren't repping Jesus too because you're making me look like, I don't know, right? 
Matt Dudley is one of these people who you're like, no, no, no. I want everybody to know this dude is on my side. This dude believes what I believe. He's just such an impactful voice in this generation. And so I'm, I, here's what I think. I think tonight is framing up what is going to happen for the rest of this weekend. And the rest of this weekend is framing up what's about to happen for the rest of this summer. The rest of this summer is framing up what's about to happen next school year, which I believe is going to be the most impactful, significant school years Bridge Youth has ever had. And I'm not just talking like numerically, bro. Bridge Youth, you guys have big services and you have a a lot of people attend. But here's what I'm believing going into this summer and next school year, is that not only will you just have people in these seats, you're going to see people's lives forever changed. And that Bridge Youth as a whole is not going to just be a place of experience and moments, but it'll be a place full of students who are ready to impact their homes, who are ready to impact their campus, who are ready to make a difference in the world around them. Because honestly, that's what I believe. I believe that we are called to something more. I know that there's people you got invited here uh, by a friend or like someone paid for your registration or or whatever that that looked like. and, And you're new to this whole church thing. Here's what I'll say. I believe with my whole heart, with every single part of me, that God is real that he loves you, and that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And and, and here's my hope, that some of you in this room tonight, you you would recognize that, that that the Holy Spirit would reveal himself to you, and you would have an experience here tonight that would change the rest of your life, that you would realize you don't have to settle for a counterfeit version of fulfillment. This is why we do what we do. This is why Corey and Amber have dedicated their lives to this. Not because they couldn't go lead a church somewhere else. They totally could. Not because there's not opportunity for them other places. It's because they believe in this next generation, just like I do, just like the leaders in this place do. Because we believe that you don't have to wait until later. That sooner or later, we're all going to come to the same conclusion. That we were wanting something more. That we were trying to find something, the meaning of life, and we turned to it in substances, in relationships, in followers on Instagram, and all of these other places and things. And I'm telling you, tonight, you can experience what you were created for. You can find fulfillment. You can find true identity that comes through relationship with Jesus. And you don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to have everything fixed. You just have to be available. And I believe that that's going to happen for some people in this room tonight. But for the rest of us who are already in that relationship, who are like, yeah, man, I've been a part of this. You know, I'm a Christian. I'm in the club, right? I believe that God is calling us to more. And I talked about this a few weeks ago when I was here, and I even told you what I wanted to talk about tonight, if you remember. And if you don't, it's okay, because I'm going to tell you right now. But I want to talk to you guys tonight about calling. I want to talk to you about purpose. Because I believe that calling and purpose is something that every single person in this room has. Regardless of what you've been told by other people, regardless of what you've believed about yourself, let me tell you, you have calling. You have purpose on your life. And here's the beauty of tonight. I'm going to read to you a scripture, one of my favorite scriptures, one of the most clear scriptures in the Bible that talks about what our calling is, what our purpose is. Because I think so often we overcomplicate it. We, we, we mix it up because cause here's the deal. I'm not talking about like knowing you individually. That's great, but that's your leader's job. I don't have to know you individually. I don't have to know what your likes are, what your dislikes are, what you're good at, right? Because I know that in this room there's a lot of different perspectives and giftings and talents and, and interests and hobbies represented, right? And I think sometimes we equate that to calling and purpose, and it goes into play. 
But here's the deal. I don't need to, like, know your, your personality quiz. Right? Do you guys, I know that you guys do this, because I do this, we're all, we all do this, but you ever, like, take one of those, like, personality quizzes or, like, like a BuzzFeed quiz, and you, like, like which character from The Office are you, right? Or, like, which uh, Harry Potter house, whatever. I'm a Christian, so I don't, I don't just know about those. That's not in me, but... Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like, what, what office character are you? What Harry Potter house are you in? And have you ever done this where you, like, take it again so you get the answer you wanted, right? Like, some of you took the, the office quiz and you got Andy and you're like, but I'm a gym. And then you're like, I'm going to retake it until I answer it the way that I get the, no? Yeah, all right, liars. Uh, which, by the way, if you ever get Andy on an office quiz and you retake it so that you get Jim. That's even more proof that you are Andy, all right? You're Andy Bernard. Do you guys, like, know The Office? You guys are, like, looking at me like, like I didn't just mention the greatest show that's ever been created, but it's okay. What? What? What's the greatest show? Parks and Rec. Family Guy. What'd you say? Anyways. Anyways! The point that I was trying to make before you guys talked about your mid-shows is that I don't need to take your personality quiz. I don't need to talk about, like, like your interests and your hobbies and your dislike. because here's the deal. I can talk about your calling and your purpose without knowing your background, without knowing what you've been through, because this is the beauty about calling and purpose, that as followers of Christ, our mission, our calling, our purpose is ultimately the same thing. I'm going to read to you a verse in case you don't believe me. One of the most powerful verses in Scripture, Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. This is the last thing that Jesus says before he ascends to heaven, right? Jesus, in case you're unfamiliar with Jesus, he's the Son of God, right? Lived the perfect life here on earth to ultimately die on the cross for our sins. He, he was buried. He rose again with power. And, and, like, that's the whole gospel, right? Like, that he saved us from our sins. You're familiar with it? You're with me so far? Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, he has this time where he's with the disciples, and this is the last thing that he says. And if this is the last thing he says before he ascends to heaven, I think it it matters. It's important, right? It's worth us looking into. So let me read it to you guys tonight. Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God, I thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now in this moment. against distraction in this place, against a, a lack of focus, that, that we would really lean in. God, even, if, it, even not, if not every student in this room leans in, you know the ones who need tonight. You know the ones who tonight is going to be a significant change in their life. It's going to change the trajectory of where they're going and what they're doing and their ability to accomplish what you've called them to. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to lean in for these next few moments that we have together tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I know I already said this, but I, I, I'm, I'm serious about how important I feel like tonight is. You know, earlier uh, today, 
I've known that I was going to be speaking here for a little bit. Last time I was here, we, we promoted and we announced it. I've been excited. And today, this morning, I woke up and I had a migraine. I don't know if you guys, like, are familiar with migraines. Just, like, really, really, really bad headaches that, like, can just take you out. I've not had a migraine in a long time. I got one today. And I was, like, throwing up. It's a whole thing. Like, I'm okay, but I was, I was bummed because I'm like, are you kidding me? And, and, look, here's the deal. I'm not, like, overly spiritual about to say the most spiritual thing, right? Like, that's just like, if anyone ever says, I'm not this, then they're going to say the most whatever. Th- I'm not racist. It's like, okay, Nima, uh, I don't want to know what you're about to say. Um, listen, I'm not overly spiritual. So overly spiritual. I, I am overly spiritual, maybe sometimes. But I, I do feel like tonight um, is significant. I know I keep saying that, and I keep coming back to that, but even the fact that before I got here, there was so much that, like, almost kept me from not being here. Like, I'm serious. Lean in. Don't worry about who's not here tonight, because there's more people that'll be here tomorrow because of you. But tonight's important. Tonight we're talking about calling. Tonight we're talking about purpose. Tonight we're talking about mission. Because God has called us to something more. There is more to life than just getting out of hell. I think so often as Christians we've just settled for this this counterfeit version of the gospel where we're just like, man, I just don't want to go to hell and I just want to go to heaven. And we're missing what God is calling us to do here on earth. God has calling and purpose and mission in your life if you are in relationship with Jesus. And I know some of you aren't yet, but you will be by the end of tonight. And so this matters for you. Listen, some of you guys, you're like, man, I'm not even a Christian. That's okay. You're not a Christian yet. You will be by the end of tonight. So you need to take notes for what's about to take place in your life because God is calling you. God is drawing you in and you don't have to settle for a counterfeit version anymore. You can, you can experience the real thing here tonight. And so we got to understand there's mission. There's purpose, there's calling attached to being a Christian, and without even knowing what you're good at, you, you, you like basketball, you like football, you like gaming, you like watching movies, like, I don't have to know your talents, all that's great, but I'm telling you, at the core, I can speak to everybody in this room and tell you what your mission is, to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that He's commanded you. Easy, Right? You know, I think when we read Matthew 28, or when we even just talk about this idea of, like, purpose, or mission, or, like, calling, it has certain connotations to it, right? Sometimes as a junior higher and a high schooler, one of the most offensive words you could hear in your life is potential. I know there's people in this room who you're sick of hearing potential. Because it, it, it feel it, it's a good word, but it has such negative connotations sometimes, right? Your your teacher talks to you when you're messing around, and they're just like, "He's got so much potential. What are you doing?" Your coach is talking to you, man. I don't know what's going on, but you just got so much potential. And so I, I understand that as junior hires and high schoolers, it starts to feel so heavy. When people just stand up on stages or in, in these moments and they're telling you there's, there's purpose on your life, there's potential on your life, there's calling on your life, and we feel pressure. Pressure like a drip, drip, drip that'll never stop, right? 
Bro, I'm a dad too. I'm a dad too, Elias, right? In Kanto all day long, Leo, you know that. Dude, one day, listen, for real, I want to learn the, the words to dos araguitas just without no one knowing that I did it and then just like full on learn every single part of it and then just be kicking it with the homies one day and just belt it out. Just full on. It's a beautiful song. And so, anyways. Uh, what was I saying? Pressure. That's what got me on my Encanto kick. Uh, yeah, look. We read Matthew 28, the Great Commission. The Great Commission. And we feel pressure. And, and here's the deal. I think our response to the pressure that we feel oftentimes is to either ignore the calling that's on our life, just straight up ignore it. Man, I don't want to think about it. Like, like it's clear what you've been called to do. Go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that he's commanded. But have you been doing that? Have you been doing that? If you're a follower of Christ, have you been doing what you've been commissioned to do? I don't think we have. So we ignore it because it's just heavy. That's a lot. Or our response to the pressure is to bring it to a place that's more comfortable and convenient. Our response to calling often is to bring it to a place that's more comfortable or convenient for us, right? Like, I'll go into the world and make disciples, I mean, if it fits in with what I was already doing, if I'm not going to lose friends, if I'm not going to lose followers, if, if you know, like, it, it's already where I'm, I'm comfortable with or it's in convenience with my schedule, which, again, is just such the opposite view to have of calling. One of the best things you can understand about calling when it comes from God is that God is constantly calling you to places that are outside of your own abilities. That's not something for us to solve. That's, that's the whole point. That's the whole idea, that God is calling you to a place outside of your own strength and outside of your own abilities because He is the one that goes before us. He is the one that empowers us to do what He's calling us to do. So, so here's the deal tonight. I don't, I don't want to rework the Great Commission. I think sometimes we look at this and, and we want to address the pressure, right? And so we want to make it, like, more attainable. That's not the goal tonight. The Great Commission is saying the Great Commission. Going to all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that He has commanded, Right? But I want, my prayer is that there would be a perspective shift in this place tonight. That we would, we would read this idea of calling and purpose through a new lens. That once, what once felt like pressure would be viewed as a privilege. That's what I want to see happen tonight, is for us to go from pressure to privilege. Nothing about the commission is about to change. But my goal is that when you hear that you have calling, that you have purpose, that you have potential, that God wants to use you, that God is about to use you to impact your campus and impact your homes and, and to impact the world around you, that you wouldn't automatically feel overwhelmed and feel this sense of pressure. You would see it as a privilege. So how do we get there? I'm glad you asked. I think when it comes to the Great Commission, when it comes to our calling and our purpose, we're not accomplishing it because a lack of understanding, right? Like the Great Commission is not complicated. I think sometimes we wish it were. 
You know, when it comes to like the things of God, I think we would we would actually rather it be like this Da Vinci Code, you know, like national treasure kind of thing. Like, what's the po- what is God calling me to, Pastor Corey? You know, I, I was taking the first letter of every single scripture that I was reading, and it spelled out this word, which is the city that I think I should move to. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we make it like this mystery novel, this map that we have to figure out. But the truth is, the Great Commission, you're calling your purpose, is simple. But just because something's simple doesn't mean that it's easy. We're not dealing with an issue of understanding. Three verses, bro. You want to talk about what? What are you called to do? I'm not talking about, like, the context of your gifts and your talents. Yes, all that goes into play. But at the simple idea, I can look you in the eye tonight and tell you, you want to know what you're called to do? Go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that He's commanded. It's not complicated. We're not dealing with an issue of understanding. I think we're dealing with an issue of order. Why are we not accomplishing this? It's not because of a lack of understanding. It's because of an issue of order. Here's what I mean. We miss something very important contextually when it comes to the Great Commission. We get straight into the go therefore and make disciples. Because we are a generation, we are a people that is so preoccupied with doing And I think that's a part of the issue. That's where the pressure comes. We read the scripture and our immediate response is, let me get to work. Let me do it. We get so preoccupied on doing that we miss an important part of the scripture. Verse 16. Who is Jesus talking to here? This is so important. And it sounds like, you know, like, oh, what, you know, what are you doing? But seriously, this matters. Verse 16 says that he was talking to the 11 disciples. Because Judas, you know, like, I was 12, but then Judas is like, he's like, Judas, who's he, who's he talking to? Eleven disciples. What are, disciples. Who's he talking to? Eleven disciples. Think about this. This matters. Because the, the, the preface, the framework for the idea of making disciples is the fact that Jesus is speaking to disciples. And I think this is the epitome of why we are not effective in accomplishing the commission today. I think this is the epitome of why we as the church settle for survival. This is why we settle for attendance. This is why we settle for showing up and experiencing moments, but we're not committed to actually doing what God has called us to do. Because in order to do what God has called you to do, you've got to be who he's called you to be. The most effective way that you can make disciples is by being a disciple. Because that's the deal. God is calling you to make disciples. God's not just calling Corey and Amber and this team to make disciples. God is calling you to make disciples. But the most effective way to make disciples is by being a disciple. And so the point of tonight, for these next few moments that I have with you, I don't want to give you like three effective steps towards evangelism. I could do that. Don't be mean. Don't be weird. Don't wait. There you go. That's just for free. You want effective evangelism. Don't be mean. Don't be weird. Don't wait. But my real message tonight is about leaning into who we are 
It's about pausing for a second before we get planning these ideas of like, oh man, I want to change my campus. I want to change my home. I want to impact the world around me. That's all great. But it's framed in this idea that you do it as a disciple. So what does it mean to be a disciple? Because I think a lot of us understand the idea of like being a Christian or attending services or showing up to Bridge Youth, right? And worshiping and, and, and moshing and dancing and all that, getting goosebumps and crying, and that's great. But what does it mean to be a disciple? Because if you are not a disciple, you will not be effective in making disciples, and making disciples is sort of the whole point. Are you with me? Listen, I don't, I don't care if all of you are with me. I just care that the ones who are supposed to be with me are with me. Are those of you who are supposed to be with me with me? Good. So what does it mean to be a disciple? Let's look at Matthew 28, because I think it gives us a framework of what it means to be a disciple. There's three things when it comes to being a disciple, and they're simple. And they all start with the same letter, so you could remember, or you could write it down. But being a disciple looks like submission, salvation, and sanctification. Being a disciple looks like submission, salvation, and sanctification. So let's look at each of these tonight. And I want to break it down because, again, if we're called to make disciples, we better be good at being a disciple. So let's start by looking at submission. Matthew 28, verse 18, says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is what Jesus says. Right, right after verse 16 where he says, he was speaking to the 11. I'll try it again. He was speaking to the 11. Exactly. Disciples. And then it says that some doubted, which is just like another message in and of itself. And it's like, yeah, we know Thomas, bro. Yeah, like that dude, he's got issues. But after that, he says... All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is what he says right before he talks about go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. I know some of you guys are sick of me like saying the whole thing, but I'm going to continue to say it. Because like I said earlier, the commission is not changing. And I want you to get familiar with what the commission is because it's your calling. It's your purpose. It's the reason that we're here. But before he says that, he frames it. He lays this foundation by saying that all authority has been given to him. This is really interesting. Interesting that Jesus lays the framework by talking about authority. That he doesn't say, all love has been given to me on heaven and on earth. All freedom has been given to me on heaven and on earth. He says authority. This matters. Submission is the foundation of being a disciple. Submission is the foundation of being a disciple because our human condition is a longing for control. Ever since you go back to the beginning of the story, you go back to Adam and Eve, bro, you see that our human condition is a longing for control. We are in opposition to the authority of God. We want to be in control. We want to make the decisions. We want to have the, the, the say in what's going to happen in our lives. And ultimately, you go through all of Scripture and you even just look at your own experiences in life. You being in control leads you to places of devastation and destruction. 
leads you to hurt, leads you to pain, leads you to brokenness. This is why we got to understand and lean in. Because here's the deal. The authority of God is not something that we like to like preach about or that we get like pumped about. I could get you guys saying, preach a white boy, if I started talking about the freedom that comes from salvation. That's incredible, man. And I love that. And I'm going to talk about it in a second in case you don't remember. Point two, salvation. We love the freedom of salvation, but we don't like the submission of authority. We love Jesus as Savior, but we don't like him as Lord. We got to lean into this. I'm telling you, Bridge Youth, do you want to be effective in reaching the world around you? Be a person who is committed to the constant, willing surrender to the authority of Christ. I submit to you, God, in every area. Not just some. Because we like to do this. We like to compartmentalize God's authority in our life. God, you can have the areas that I already didn't want. God, you can have my grades. But my girl? I'm just saying. And how ridiculous is it when we actually think about it? The, the scripture says all authority on heaven and on earth, all of it, everything has been given to Jesus. That's incredible. That's something that should produce this like confidence and this freedom in our lives. And this, we should embrace it. We should lean into it. But so often we understand that. But then when it comes to the things in our life, like our relationships or our future or, what, you know, where we're going to go to school, or where we're going to work. We're like, God, you can have all of this. But I think I should be in control of this. I am 14. I know, you might be eternal, but come on, man. Do you know my type? Look, we get, look, 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 and I'm not trying to like belittle what you're going through. I'm just trying to frame how silly this idea really is. You wanting to be in control. But it, it's not, like, don't feel bad about it. Because it's actually what we all have in common. And it's actually something we do without even thinking about it. Here's the deal. You want to know if you're a disciple? Do you constantly and consistently willingly submit to God? Because if not, because if not, you're in control. Without even knowing about it, you're going to fall back into control. That's the deal. If you aren't, like, like that, that's the whole thing. If you don't already know that you are submitting to God, then you're not. Because the, the thing that we do constantly, even after great experiences in worship service, our human condition leads us back to wanting to be in control. And when we are in control, it leads to destruction and devastation. This is why Jesus, this is why Paul said, I die to myself daily. He's talking about the idea of saying, I surrender every area of my life to Christ because I know if I don't do it, I'm going to be back in control. And if I'm in control, it's going to lead me to places that I don't want to be. Authority is the foundation. Authority is the foundation. That's why, that's why some of us need to stop arguing with people on Instagram and on Twitter because they don't have the foundation of authority. Bro, you can't quote scripture to somebody that doesn't believe it's the word of God. It's just a book to them at that point. Authority is foundational. Authority is foundational to being a disciple. Submission. Constantly, consistently, willingly submit to every area of your life to God, right? The other thing we see is salvation. The commission goes on to say, Go therefore... And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. I think it's so interesting. Again, the commission is ultimately like two or three verses. It's very short. It's very simple. And one of the only things that we're actually commissioned to do is baptize. Why? What is baptism? You don't have to answer me. I'm going to tell you. Baptism, I like paused too long. Some of you were like, does he want me to say? Uh, it's the water thing, right? Do ba- dude, here's, you want to know, I love God, right? I love God. Wow. Yeah, thank you. Come on. Who else loves God? Yeah. Whatever. We'll see. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I believe you. Um, here's why I love God. One of the reasons. Because he knows how simple we are, okay? He knows how dumb we can be. And so God has given us these reminders, these frameworks for things like salvation. Or like you you think of communion. You guys know about communion, right? Have you taken communion? I'm sure you have. At Bridge Youth, you've done communion together. It's incredible. It's the, you take the cracker and the juice and you eat it and you drink it. And it's like, when I was a kid, it was my favorite part of service because it was snack time and service, right? But it's so much more than that. I was a stupid kid, all right? Communion is a representation of the body of Christ, the body of our Savior that was broken for us. The blood that was shed for you and for me. Communion is this consistent reminder in our services. We pause. We take a break. We we open the the packets. And together we eat the little cracker, right? And, and, And why? Because we're taking time to remember that our Savior put on flesh and died on the cross for you and for me. Baptism is this representation of salvation. I think we get so accustomed to it that we've lost sight of its power. Baptism is this physical representation. It's an outward expression of an inward experience, right? Baptism is literally this idea that when you go down under the water, it represents the burial that we participate in with Christ, that as he was crucified on the cross and put in that tomb, that that our sins were crucified with him. And as we go under the water, it's a representation that that, that the old me is not who I am anymore, that the things that I used to do and the places that I used to go and the things that I used to rely on, that that doesn't define me any longer, that the old man is gone and the new man has been put on. Baptism is a representation of salvation. We've been baptized out of that life. Let me remind you of that. Salvation is not an attitude adjustment. Salvation does not take us from bad to good or from difficult to easy. Salvation takes us from death to life. I'm not a salesman of Jesus. I don't, I don't talk about this because I'm trying to convince you into anything. I hope that there's a moment tonight where you can experience what you were created for. That you can be taken from death to life. Not by my power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. But here's the deal. Baptism isn't just a physical representation of what we've been baptized out of. 
But what we've been baptized into. This is why they don't just hold you under the water the whole time, right? Because we don't just participate in the burial. Thanks be to God, we participate in the resurrection that Christ overcame death, hell, and the grave. And that we can be transformed, not because of anything in us, but because the God that is for us. I think it's time that we understand that not only have we been baptized out of something, we've been baptized into something. I think too many of us stop at the fact that we've been baptized out of bad habits or bad relationships. And we lose sight that as we've been baptized, that we, when we have come out of the water, we are baptized into the body of Christ, the community of Christ. This is the deal. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because Matt's going to talk about this more tomorrow. But there is a reason that we come into places like this. The church is the body of Christ. This is what you have been baptized into. A community that is for you and that cares for you and like a place where you can belong and that you can participate. Bro, I'm so sick and tired of us just putting up with the church. Especially our generation, we, we're, there's just this attitude where we just like, we put up with the church. It's toxic. It's bad. It's like, and I get it, dude. Historically, the church has done some stuff that's like not cool. Like the Crusades, right? Or whatever. But ultimately, the church is the bride of Christ. The church is the vehicle that Christ set up to reach the world. And it's time that we lean into it. You want to be a disciple? You can't do it without this place. You can't do it without a community. You can't do it without leaning in to not only what you have been baptized out of, but what Christ has baptized you into. And the last thing I want to talk about is the end of this verse. Sanctification. He says, go baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What does it mean to be a disciple? Submission to the authority of God. Willingly. Every area. Not just, not just when times are hard. It's easy to submit to God when everything's falling apart. We do, we're all about the authority of God when we need healing, when we need breakthrough, when we need provision, when our parents' marriages are falling apart. God, I, I give you everything. But as soon as we get the results we were looking for, we go back into control. Being a disciple is willingly submitting to God. Being a disciple is leaning into the idea that you have been saved. You've been set free. You don't have to go back to that old way any longer. You don't have to go back to those things you used to do. God has transformed you. You were once dead and now you are alive. And not only have you been baptized out of something, you've been baptized into something as well. But discipleship, being a disciple, looks like sanctification. This really is the meat of what it means to be a disciple. Look, this isn't this like glamorous you know, motivational message, I understand. But I, I do believe that this is a transformational night for some of you. Because if you can understand these simple ideas and be committed to them, if you can lean into the idea of doing more than attending, of doing more than surviving, of just going from experience to experience, but even as a young person, as a junior higher and a high schooler, you can be committed to being a disciple there is no stopping you in accomplishing what God is calling you to do in every single area of your life. And sanctification is the process of looking more and more like Jesus every single day. 
Salvation is an experience. Sanctification is a process. And you want to know how to be committed to that process? Again, it's not complicated, but it's not glamorous. Get into the Word of God. Learn the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Obey the Word of God. Teach the Word of God. Here's the deal. A lot of us aren't effective in reaching the world around us because we can tell everybody what we're against, but we don't know what we're about. I I don't know what I'm for. I I can tell you the talking points of what it means to be a Christian. I can tell you, quote unquote, what the Bible says. But there's so much more than just knowing what the Bible says. Our God is a God that, that can be understood. Listen, just because you can't know everything about God doesn't mean that you shouldn't continue to know Him. Because it produces confidence. It produces understanding. It produces ability to have these conversations. God is a God of order. We're just not equipped. Dude, we're not losing. This isn't being recorded. I could, like, say whatever I want. Oh, well, just, like... Blur on my face. No, I don't know. Listen, bro. We're just not losing. We're just not equipped. Be committed. Dude, are you a disciple? Are you just show up for a good time? You just get the goosebumps. You just cry with your friends. You talk about, man, it was crazy. Are you a disciple? Do you submit to God every single day in every single area? Have you been saved? Really think about that. Have you been saved? Have you been set free? Because that's what salvation is. Again, it is not attitude adjustment. It's transformation. You're baptized out of the way that you used to live and into something so much greater. Are you committed to this place? Not just showing up, but being a part of the church. And are you committed to the process of looking more and more like Jesus every single day through his word? That's what it means to be a disciple. And we need to know what it means to be a disciple because we're called to make disciples. I said at the beginning of this, my prayer was for a perspective shift. The commission wasn't going to change, right? What's the commission? Go therefore into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that He has commanded. What's the difference between pressure and privilege? What's the difference between reading that verse and feeling overwhelmed and reading that verse and being excited for what you can do? The difference between pressure and privilege is preparation. The difference between pressure and privilege is preparation. The reason that you don't see your school the way that you should or your home the way that you should is because maybe you're just not prepared. We don't see this any more clearly than in sports, right? I know you guys are like, oh, of course, Elliot's going to talk about sports. Such a jock, right? Look at me, you know? That's a joke. I did letter freshman year in wrestling but there was no one in my weight class so um but look I do I've done sports right you guys can play if you want (laughs) I do sports recently I've 
joined a adult softball league. I'm really, I, Elias, I'm really leaning into dad life, bro. I'm only 25. I'm not like your guy's youth pastor who's just ancient. That dude's, I don't know how old Corey is. He's getting like, that dude's ancient, bro. But I'm getting, I'm, I'm growing up, right? I, I'm embracing it, dude. I'm leaning into it. I'm, I'm cool with it. So I'm in, a, I'm in an adult softball league now. And here's the deal. I'm, um, I'm not great at softball, okay? Thanks, but I'm not. Um, I appreciate the support, but the truth is I'm not very good at softball. I enjoy playing, but I'm not the best at it. And, and look, here's the thing, too. This is, this is a big pet peeve of mine, all right? I would rather you be, like, real with me, okay? Like, like on the team, this has happened to me before. Because I'm not that great, some people on the team treat me different. Some of you guys who aren't good at sports, you're going you're gonna to feel what I'm talking about. But I'm not that great at softball. And so some of the people on the team treat me different. Like, for instance, when I finally do hit the ball and get on base, that's not that big of a deal. Like, that's the whole goal. They treat me like I just won the World Series, you know? Which feels worse than if they actually bullied me, right? Like, I would rather, I would rather people boo me than clap for things that don't need to be clapped for. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not here. It's not make a wish, bro. Like, I'm here. I'm a grown man, dog. Like, it's okay. But look, look. I play softball, right? And here's the deal. I'm not great. I know that. My team knows that. And on one night in particular, the other team caught wind of it. I don't know how. Um... But they kept hitting it to me, right? And that night, you guys remember Quarantine Youth, right? Back in the pandemic, we did, like, Quarantine Youth. We made merch. And we had those, like, yellow Quarantine Youth sweaters that had, like, a big circle with, like, the face on it. I was wearing that that night. And I'm not kidding. It served as a target to the other team. I was in the outfield, obviously, right? And I'm in the outfield, and I'm not kidding. Once we got to, like, the fifth inning, they figured it out, and they kept hitting it to me, bro. And I kept dropping it. And these guys got, like, nine runs off of us. And consistently, every single time the ball got hit to me, I just was like, oh, come on, man. This is not cool. My wife is here, bro. Like, but, but look, here's the deal. There was no question of whether I was on the team or not. I made the team because I paid to be there. But I was on the team. There was no, there was no question of being on the team. And once I was on the team, there was an objective. It would have been silly for me to show up every single night and just watch being on the team. There was a goal, and the goal was the same for all of us on the team: to show up. To hit the ball, to run the bases, if you're in the outfield, catch the ball when it when it comes out, throw it, right? Like the 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 goal of softball is not complicated. I had no issue of understanding what I was there to do. But I felt an overwhelming pressure due to my lack of preparation. 
Now I got friends that are on the team that have played for longer than me. I have friends that like played for years. They played little league and they played in high school. And so there was a different perspective that they had for the same objective. I showed up and I felt pressure. They showed up and they felt privileged. When the ball was hit to me, I felt overwhelmed. When the ball was hit to them, they said, look, I got an opportunity to show people what I came here to do. The goal is the same for all of us. We're not talking about being on the team or not. None of us deserve to be on the team. And if you're on the team, you might as well join the game. Stop sitting on the bench. Stop watching. Stop attending. Stop surviving. And be prepared. Because the ball is going to get hit to you when you show up for softball. There's an objective when you show up. Participating in this means that there's purpose, that there's calling, that yes, you have potential, but that isn't a bad word, that isn't this thing that's meant to to be put over your head, it's a reminder. You want to know the most beautiful thing about the Great Commission? It's the very last thing that's said. Go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe that all, all that I have commanded. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God has called you, yes. God has commissioned you, yes. God has purpose and potential on your life. But the best thing about it is He's promised to not leave you and not forsake you, to empower you, to go before you, to be the one that guides you. Listen. It's okay if not everybody's with me tonight. But there's some of you who know we started talking about this a couple weeks ago, and we're going into this weekend that, again, I think is going to be monumental for this group. Tomorrow night's going to be important. Sunday morning is an opportunity. These are opportunities. The idea of inviting someone tomorrow night shouldn't be felt as this obligation. It should be seen as an opportunity. The idea of telling your parents, hey, I want you to come with me on Sunday, shouldn't be this overwhelming weight. Some of you guys have talked yourselves out of doing what God has called you to do because it feels overwhelming or because it's not comfortable or convenient. It's time that you embrace that. Lean into it. God is calling you to a place outside of your own abilities, and that's the whole idea. Go make disciples. But in order to make disciples, you've got to be a disciple. Be prepared. Tonight's a night of preparation. I truly believe that. Tonight is a night of preparation. I do want to ask, before we get into everything else, if you guys would close your eyes. Like I said earlier, I I was talking to some of you and I said, I know that you came into this place and you're like, yo, I'm not in relationship with Jesus. I'm not a follower of Christ. I'm not a Christian. And I said, yo, that's cool. But by the end of tonight, you will be. You will be. Because God is calling you. The Holy Spirit is drawing you. You don't have to settle for counterfeit any longer. You can can experience the identity that you were created for. And if you're here tonight... And you say, yeah, that's me. A friend invited me or, you know, I, I heard about this. Or I've even been coming for a while. But the truth be told is, I've been settling. 
You know that salvation that you've been talking about? That's, I've not experienced that. I've not gone from death to life. I've been trying to do this on my own. Tonight is the night of salvation. Tonight is the night of freedom. Tonight is the night of surrender. If you're here in this place and you would say, yeah, that's me, I just want you to lift your hand right now. I'm not going to count. I'm not going to, yeah, don't worry. Some of you guys, don't wait. All across this room, who cares what anybody else is doing? Look, I'm not trying to talk you into this. I'm not convincing you into anything. If you know that the Holy Spirit is calling you, He's drawing you in, He's saying, you don't have to settle anymore. Tonight is a night of transformation. Lift your hand high in this place as a sign of surrender. Now what I want us all to do as a family, because again, baptism's amazing, right? And I would encourage you, I don't know when the bridge is doing baptism. They did it for like 12 weeks straight, so they're probably going to do it again soon. Sign up. Declare to your family and your friends and all of the people around you. I've experienced something on the inside that I want a picture of. I want people to see I'm not who I used to be. I've been baptized out of the old way that I've used to live, but also... I've been baptized into something new. So as a family, I want us to pray this prayer together. Repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for your love, for your freedom, for your grace, for your salvation. God, I know that I need you. I've been settling for a counterfeit. I've been turning to substance. I've been turning to relationship. I've been turning to things that don't answer. God, I pray right now that you would use me. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender to you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can make some noise. You know, I, I talked last time I was here about, like, standing for what you believe in, right? I told the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We, you know, we talked about God's calling you. God, God's, God's wanting to use you to, to make a difference in the culture around you, and that's all great. But tonight, tonight is a night of preparation. You know what you've been called to do. What you've been called to do on on the basketball court, what you've been called to do in the drama club, what you've been called to do, it's the only two things I know that happen at school, right? So that's a skate park. These guys got skateboards. You know what you've been called to do in your home where you're the only person that serves God? You know what you've been called to do in every single area of your life? But you've been ignoring it? Or you've been trying to make it comfortable or convenient? Tonight is a night of just embracing being a disciple. I want to I invite you up in a second. But as we sing and as we pray, those of you who are ready, I want you to lean into the idea of preparation. I want you to push pause on thinking about the places you're going to go and the things that you're going to do and the people that you're going to talk to because all of that is great. But tonight, I just want you to lean in and self-evaluate and say, have I been a disciple? Or have I just been attending? Have I just been showing up? Have I just been going from experience to experience because I don't want that. 
I want to be who God has called me to be so I can do what he's called me to do. Tonight is a night of preparation. And if you're ready, I want you to come for it right now. I'm not counting. I'm not waiting. I don't want you to look around at who else is doing this. I don't care if there's one of you, three of you. It's okay. This is for people who are really about this. Scooch up, scooch up. Listen, guys. There's calling on your life. There's purpose on your life. You have potential. Maybe you've heard somebody say that to you before, but you never liked the way it sounded. Hear it again tonight. You have potential. You have purpose. There's a reason you're here. Stop believing the lies from the enemy. Stop believing what other people have said about you. Stop believing the things that you say about yourself. No, you have purpose. There is a reason that you are here. God is calling you. God wants to use you. You don't have to wait until later. Now is the moment. But before we think about any of that, before you start working out ideas of conversations that you're going to have with your parents or with your, your, your friends or people you're going to text later tonight and be like, yo, I'm paying for you to come with me tomorrow because I want to hear what, I want you to hear what Matt Dudley's about to say because I think it's going to change your life. All that's great. In this moment, I want you to close your eyes and lift your hands. And I want you to embrace the idea of being a disciple. and complete submission to the authority of God. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to Him, not to you. Stop trying to take control. Rest. Rest. Man, I I pray right now, even in this moment, that you would experience rest. Some of you have been so overwhelmed this school year by by not only schoolwork and and sports and all these things, but but by trying to to fix people, by trying to, to bear the burdens of your friend's mental health, by trying to have all the answers. I pray right now for rest. That we would surrender. That you have the authority, God. That you are in control. We are meant to be in control. You are. Give rest tonight. God, I pray for a commitment to the salvation that we have experienced, that we would remember all the time, not just when we take communion or when we get baptized, but daily we would remember the the beauty that we have participated, that we were dead in the trespasses and sins in which we once walked, that we used to live a certain way and settle for certain things, but that's not who I am anymore. You have transformed me. I am a new creation. And I've been baptized out of that and into something so much better. And God, I pray that we wouldn't miss seeing you move in the mundaneness of a commitment to your word. 
God, I know we, we love the mystical, and I believe you move. Even in moments like tonight, you might, you might speak through people. Healing might happen in this place. God, I'm all about seeing your hand move, and I, I know that you can move in, in incredible ways, but so often I feel we miss you. Because we're looking for the mystical, and you're in the mundane, God. That you're in those moments that others don't see. You're in the process of getting into the Word every single day. I pray for revelation, that your Word would come alive. That these students would have a hunger for your Word. That it wouldn't be about just checking off the list, or doing it because Corey asked them to, or a leader asked them to. But God, they would know that that is how they understand who you are. And as they understand who you are, they can understand themselves better, and their purpose better, and their, their abilities to interact with the world better. God, I pray for a, a, a youth ministry that is committed to being disciples that make disciples. I cannot wait to see what you're about to do in and through these students. And God, I do pray that even now, as we take this time of preparation, you would prepare us for what you're calling us to. That even tonight, the people who have responded to this message would start tonight. Would start stepping into their calling and their purpose tonight. They'd invite somebody to show up tomorrow. They'd invite their parents to come with them on Sunday. God, that they wouldn't be worried about the outcome, but they would just step out in obedience. And we believe that you are who you say you are. And that you are with us always even to the end of the age. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, I want to invite everybody else to stand. Join us at this front as we worship together tonight.